Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. Good morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend. I'm so glad that you are with us today. Open your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 12. It'll come up on your screen in a moment, but if you have your scripture book with you on your phone or or in the book form, um, let's open up together Mark, chapter 12. And by the way, if you don't own a copy of the scriptures that's easy to read, if you don't own a personal Bible, we would be honored to give you one. So if you'll stop by the starting point center in the lobby on your way out today, just say, hey, can I have one of the Bibles? They'll give you one that's yours to keep. We would love to give a Bible to anyone who wants a Bible, and and that'd be our privilege to get one in your hand. In this passage that we're looking at today is one that is frequently studied in the life of of Christians. This is often referred to as the great commandment. Jesus is having a conversation with a religious leader, and the question comes up, Jesus, which of the commandments, because there's a lot of them, by the way, there's more than 10, (laughs) which of the commandments is the greatest commandment? And Jesus answers very clearly, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. This is mentioned in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke. All three of those Gospels have this great commandment spoken by Jesus in a couple of those, you have um, the strength is added, and in one of those, you just have love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But we often key, as a Christian people, on loving God with our heart and loving God with our soul, and frequently even with our strength. We talk about glorifying God with your body or with your time or with your resources, but we don't frequently zoom in and study what does it mean to love God with your mind. And that's where we're headed today. It's the great commandment. Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if it's just three out of four, it's not full obedience. We want to be people who are fully developing, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, living up to his invitation to us. And that's what you need to hear these commandments as. It is an invitation. This is not God waving a finger, scolding you. Oh, you better love me with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. What this is is an invitation, is that if you will bring me your heart and bring me your soul and bring me your mind and bring me your strength, your days and all that you have, you will find satisfaction you never dreamed possible. There will be overflowing joy and lasting satisfaction when you take God up on the offer to make him first in your life. The great commandment is not to go and make a name for yourself in your years on the earth. The great commandment is not go and make a lot of money. The great commandment is not to be a good dad or to be a good husband. The very first commandment is to love God with everything you have and everything you are. So we're zooming in today on what does it mean to love God with your mind? Because I'm pretty sure everyone in here, God has given you a brain. I'm pretty sure. 
99% of you, I'm pretty sure, God has given you a brain. He has put a, a brain in you. Let's, let's talk about that. God's given us a brain, and he wants us to love him with it. Have you thought about the brain lately? I'm going to give you a few facts about the human brain this morning. Um, the human brain weighs about three pounds. The, the human brain also has the capacity to generate approximately 12 to 23 watts of power when awake. Like you could, your brain, just in your brain, has enough electricity to power like a little LED light bulb. Your brain has blood vessels in it, and the capillaries, if they were stretched all out, it would be more than 400 miles just in your brain. 400 miles of capillaries veins and vessels. There are 100 billion neurons present in your brain. And here's the last one. In early pregnancy, the neurons develop at the alarming rate of 250,000 per minute. Your brain is marvelous and it's amazing. It's got sort of three parts of it, the cerebrum, the cerebellum, and the, the brain stem, and it's got hemispheres, and it's got all sorts of nerves and glands, and, and you've got this, this occipital lobe in the back of your brain where your light comes into your eye and through the lens, and it focuses, and it goes into the optic nerve, and it translates it in the back of your brain, way back here, to what you're looking at, sight and shape and color and all of the beauty of the world. Our brains are amazing. God has given us an incredible gift. He has given us this brain and he wants us to love him with our minds. I'm so glad the kiddos are in the room with us this morning. Um, we made a little coloring sheet for them today and on one side of it, it's got our, our passage for today so they can color in the letters. Kiddos, welcome. Are you here today, kiddos? Let me hear you. Are you here? Yeah, awesome. Okay, great. There were some older kiddos who said yeah, which is awesome. You know, We're all kids at heart, right on. So we, we've got our passage there, um, and, then, and then here uh, on this side, we've got a bunch of things on this. So let me ask you, kiddos, um, do you think a bunny rabbit has a brain? Yes, right on. Good answer. Yes, 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 yes. Do you think uh, a bird has a brain? Yes. Yep, sure does. Bird has a brain, too. Um, do, do you think uh, a shoe has a brain? No, no, shoes don't have a brains. They just have big price tags. That's what they have. Um, do you think a butterfly has a brain? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes, it does. It does have a brain. I learned that. I had to look it up. My friend Google told me all about it. Um, do you think a person has a brain? Yeah, we talked about that. We know that, that God has given us a mind uh, for all of those things. But this little thing down here, does anybody know what this little animal here is down here in the corner, kiddos? Seahorse. It's a seahorse. Do you know that the brain has a special part of it uh, called the hippocampus? And the hippocampus is Greek for seahorse. So if you ever wanted to impress your friends, it's like, I know some Greek, hippocampus <laughs> or seahorse. That's part of the brain because there's a little part of your brain that's kind of tucked on the inside that's kind of curved around a little bit like, like a seahorse. 
I want you to be thinking about your mind, kiddos. God has given you a beautiful brain, and you're just getting off to a good start. You're little sponges. You're absorbing everything. You're learning all kinds of stuff. You're hearing words and remembering them. Sometimes we wish you wouldn't, but you are. You're asking lots of questions. My goodness, nobody can ask the question, why, like a little kid. You're curious, and you're, you're just absorbing, and we want to cheer you on as a church. We love you kids, and we want to help you develop your mind to see and understand who God is, and so that you might love him with your mind, that you might love him with your whole life. Because kids, everybody, you need to know this, kiddos. God absolutely loves you with all that he is, and he's inviting you to love him with all that you are as you grow up. We're loving God's with our, God with our minds. So how do we do this? Um, I want to walk through a few things. First of all, why this matters. Why is it important that we love God with our mind? You're going to see some things come up on the screen um, this morning. I'm going to give you five things, uh, excuse me, four things uh, today about this. Number one, we need to engage your mind to lead us to worship. This is important that we love God with our minds. We need to engage our mind to lead us to worship, marveling at who God is and what he has done. Both of those things. Not just being grateful to God for what he has done and using our minds to think about all the things we're grateful for and all the blessings in our lives, but to sit back and zoom out and look at the expansive, edgeless, endless, bottomless greatness of our amazing God. And we need to say, wow, from the bottom of our hearts. And when you Use your mind to think about his mercy, to think about his justice, to think about his, his omnipresence. He's all places all the time. When you think about God's forgiveness, when you think about God's power, it just causes you to worship and you use your mind. It's important that we love God with our mind because it can lead us to worship. Number two, engage your mind to equip you with knowledge that can help others. Because let's remember, the truth sets people free. Amen? Expand your mind. Learn more about God. Learn more about the Bible. Learn more about what is true with a capital T. So that as you go into the world and you encounter one of your coworkers, you encounter one of your friends at school, you encounter somebody in your marriage and in your family, and you encounter somebody just in passing a stranger on the road, and they're having a struggle. They're in a dark, shadowy place. You can bring the light of truth to their circumstances. Leave the house with the word of God in your heart and in your mind so that you can share it. Study who God is. Study the faithfulness of God. Study how God has come through in dark times. Study how God does the impossible. Our God does the impossible, amen? Nothing is too difficult for him. Study all of those things so that when your friend looks like they're standing up against a, a, a vast sea and an army pressing in beside them, you can step forward and go, hold on, let me tell you about my God. My God parts the waters and brings his people safely through, and he takes care of the enemies that attack. We need to study, to engage our minds, to equip us with knowledge so we can help others. Number three, 
engage your mind to anchor what and why in your beliefs. Do you know what you believe about God? Do you know why you believe it? Engage your mind. Think on these things. Meditate on them. Research them. Study them. So that you can know what you believe and why you believe it. Don't just believe it because the pastor said it. Don't just believe it because the person on the podcast said it. Don't just believe it because your mom said it. Know it for yourself because you have been in the word of God and you know what you believe and why you believe it. You can point to it. I don't just have a myth about God. I have gospel-informed truth about God. I don't just have assumptions about God. Well, certainly it must be like this. I have studied verifiable, I can show you on the page where this is in the word of God. So all of the beliefs that we hold, let's make sure that we know what we believe and why we believe it. When we engage our minds, we end up loving him because we own our beliefs. Challenging you, people of hope, to own what you believe. Not just because someone else said it or not just because it sounds like it makes sense in your mind. We want to hold a conviction because the Bible affirms it. And we don't want to hold any belief that we cannot point to in the scriptures. Amen? We want to be people of the book. There's so much opinion out in the world. (laughs) There's so much... Um, So many ideas of people weighing in on what could be true or what might be true or what we have to hold to the absolute truth of God's word and learn it and own it so that we're not just people who, well, yeah, I kind of think I understand that, but we can point to the things that are true about our Lord. Number four, the last one. This matters because you need to engage your mind to mature as a disciple. Be transformed by renewing your mind. Romans 12, um, 2 is this great passage that says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world any longer, but be transformed. Don't let the world mold you to the world's way of thinking and looking at life and treating people and, and dealing with things, but be absolutely transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I ask you today, how are you loving God with your mind? How are you renewing your mind? How are you replacing the worldly concepts with the biblical godly concepts? How are you kicking out all of the the falsehoods that the world wants to lift up, all of the unimportant things the world wants you to make most important? How are you renewing your mind? How are you engaging your brain? Three pounds and 400 miles of blood vessels. God gave it to us so that we could love him with it. Yep, it can solve lots of problems. It can do a lot of things. It can be amazingly creative. But let's engage God with our mind. He's asking us to love him. How do we do this? I'm going to give you six ways this morning that you can walk in loving God with your mind. They're going to come up on your screen here, and I'll kind of break them down one by one. 
Number one, letter A, is that you can memorize Scripture. I'm challenging you and inviting you and calling you. If you want to engage God with your mind, if you want to love God with all your mind, as the commandment says, that you would memorize Scripture. Work to absorb verses of Scripture and even sections of Scripture. Some of us kind of memorize a little bit easily or we hang around a verse for a moment or two and it kind of sticks in our minds. But others of us, we need to reach for something on a higher shelf. We need to stretch our brains. We need to give ourselves a challenge. So what if you memorize two verses together? What if you memorize four verses together? What if you memorize the whole chunk on the side left-hand column of the page? What if you memorize the chapter? Challenge yourself. Stretch yourself. It's one of the ways that you can love God with your mind. As you do this, this will lead you to fresh understanding. In the fall, I took time to memorize a chapter of Scripture and and ended up memorizing two uh, back to back. And there are four or five verses within those two chapters that I have read for years. But when I started memorizing them and I started chewing on them every day and everywhere I was driving in my car, I was reciting them over and over and over again and trying to check them and listen and get over. It started to give me, oh my gosh, I never saw the verse that way before memorizing can lead you to fresh understanding and memorizing can drown the attacking lies that are whispered in your ears some of us are haunted and stalked and hounded by lies about yourself that you're not enough that who God made you to be is not beautiful just as you are, that who you are is not significant and worth anything, and all of those lies coming down upon your life and the things that are whispered in your ear that you've messed up too much or nobody would want you or you don't deserve or you've ruined all your chances or you're in God's doghouse or you're just you're disqualified and ruined and all those things, all those lies, when you start to memorize Scripture, and you bathe your brain in the word of God, all of those shadowy lies get washed away by the truth. So if you're one who struggles with a lot of self-talk going on on the inside that is absolutely contrary to the truth of who God made you to be, replace that with God's word. If you're one who lays awake at night replaying the video of your worst moments and worst conversations, replace that with memorizing God's word. Stretch your brain. I'm trying to give you practical ways that you can love God with your mind. And letter A is memorizing scripture. I don't advise that you would haul off and say, I'm going to memorize the book of Jeremiah this summer. Just slow your roll. Back up, I'm going to memorize four verses this summer. And you're going to knock that out quickly. And you're like, okay, maybe I'll go for six. Maybe I'll go for seven. Start small, gain some success, and increase from there. If you start crazy, I'm going to memorize all of the letters of Paul this summer. Blessings on you but you're likely to quit when you realize how tall that hill is. So be wise, but welcome to summer. You got three months to challenge yourself to learn and grow in loving God with your mind. Letter B, 
The second way that I would challenge you to love God with your mind is to study the Bible. Learn what it means, not just what it says. Learn what it means, not just what it says. Understand the nuances, understand the themes, understand the meanings, understand the cultural things behind it. Study your Bible. I talked to someone even this morning who told me they bought uh, a special kind of study Bible that's going to help them understand more of the truth and understand of God's Word. I, I was looking at somebody's Instagram account online, this guy who's in his late 60s, and I love how he's so inspiring. He's in his late 60s, he lives in Nashville, and, and he just bought a, a Bible that's got um, the printed word on one page and a blank page on this side and then another page another printed word it's really thick but that blank page is all of his own personal notes on the passages and so he was just finishing the book of Genesis he just went through and he was studying the Bible and writing his own notes in the Bible he was studying it he was breaking it apart he was analyzing he was learning you don't have to have gone to seminary there are so many resources available to you online. There are these things called commentaries, and scholars write commentaries. They'll take you know, the book of, of Romans, and they'll come along, and they'll study all the ancient manuscripts and what the church fathers and what these other scholars have said, and they'll understand the cultural realities and all of the nuances of the Greek language, and they'll fold it all together, and they'll say, here's what verses 5 to 6 of chapter 5 mean. And you'll go, oh, <laughs> That's helpful. And they're available for free at BibleStudyTools.com. You don't have to spend money on new books and those things. Just study your Bible. For some of you, this coming fall, it's time, and it would be good for you to love God with your mind and to step up and participate in Bible Study Fellowship this fall. BSF. It's one of the best international ways of a group of people coming together to dig beneath the surface to understand what the Word of God means, not just what it says. And it's going to happen starting just the week after Labor Day. You can get involved in that. I think it's mybsf.org. You can find out where there are classes that are going to be meeting this fall, but maybe that wants to be your big challenge. Look, I need to grow in loving God with my mind, so for that school year, for that semester, I'm going to really dig in and study the Bible and challenge my brain. Things that you ever, you ever had those moments where you kind of read something and you kind of have to go, kind of read that for a seventh time, okay? That's using your brain to go, God, I don't, I don't have this, and I'm turning the cube to figure out all the solutions. I'm trying to think about what this means, and I'm trying to gain understanding, and then when I do, I see it. And I'm marveling at God. And the word is helping me. Study your Bible. Learn what it means, not just what it says. Letter C. Read Christian books. Read things that stretch and challenge you. And some of you in this, in this room right now, you before I even got the words out of my mouth, read Christian books. Here's what you said to yourself. I'm not a reader. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You're not a reader until you are. That was deep, wasn't it? I'm not asking you to, you know, build a new room in your house that's a library. <laughs> I'm not asking you to say, I'm going to start reading five books a week. I'm not asking you to do any of those things. I'm asking you to read a Christian book this summer. Stretch your brain. 
chew on the things of God. Love God with your mind. Read Christian books. This summer, as a church, we're going to start a, a teaching series next week called Unique. There's no one like our God. Amen? And we're going to just really sit down in that for the eight weeks coming in summer, and we're going to study the attributes of God, and I'm challenging us as a church that we might read a book together this summer called The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. It's a Christian classic. Amazing, amazing book. And you know what? It's 101 pages. You can do this. You can absolutely do this, and it will cause your brain to go, whoa, whoa, okay, wow. It will cause you to be stretched and challenged. You don't have to have a big education. You don't have to have a, a thought that I've got a major IQ um, in between my ears. You don't have any of those things. Just sit down and love God with your mind. Inside this little book, You've got all these little bitty chapters. There's four pages on the fact that God is incomprehensible. Four pages. But they're stacked. You've got four pages on the eternity of God. You can do four pages. Hello? You can do four pages on the eternity of God. God's omnipresence, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the justice of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the holiness of God, the sovereignty of God, the self-sufficiency of God. All these things in this little book, it's amazing. You will love it. Go for it. Read it. We've actually got some this morning that we can make available to you to grab. We'll talk about that at the end of the gathering today. Read a Christian book Stretch your mind. Letter D. So we got memorizing scriptures, studying your Bible, read Christian books. Here's another way you can love God with your mind. Meditate on scripture. Meditate on scripture. And when you think about meditation, and, and the big word right now in the culture is mindfulness, and that's not a bad word, that's not a bad thing at all, but often meditation is about emptying your brain got a lot of stress, you got a lot of responsibilities, you got a lot of heartache, you got a lot of struggle, empty all that. Just get quiet, listen to some waterfall sounds and just get alone and get quiet and, and just sort of empty everything out of your brain for a few minutes. That's meditation in a lot of Eastern philosophy and a lot of different parts of the world. Biblical meditation is not emptying, it's actually about filling. Here's the best way I can, can demonstrate this. I have a cough drop here this moment probably should have put this in my mouth a few minutes ago. I was about to cough on everybody. But it's a hard candy little cough drop. Anybody like hard candy, like butterscotches? Jolly Ranchers, aren't they the best? Anybody with me? Watermelon Jolly Ranchers? Yes, and amen. You have those friends who put in hard candy and they crunch it? They chew it right away? I mean, like... Your Jolly Rancher moment is gone in two seconds. But I'm here, and I'm whittling that thing down. I'm savoring it. My tongue's turning a different color. I'm getting all the flavor out of that. At some point, it becomes sharp and jagged. Anybody else have those experiences too? You're just letting that thing melt, and you're just savoring it for a while. That's what Christian meditation is, is that when you think on God, and you get alone, and you get quiet, And you hold it in your mind. You don't crunch right through it. 
You hold it in your mind and turn it over and over and let it melt into your heart. That's not a 30-second moment. That's minutes. I challenge you this week that you would find 10 minutes to be quiet and alone and meditate on the kindness, the grace of God, the kindness of God for 10 minutes. Every angle you can think of about the grace of God, just look at it from every facet, chew on it. Let, let it just sort of seep into you. Don't go quick, but just meditate on it. That's hard work for us. It's hard work for us because we're used to having stimuli in front of us all the time. Scrolling, noise, music, quiet is sometimes hard. Getting still is sometimes hard. The psalmist probably knew we needed to be told to be still so that we could know he is God. If you want to love God with your mind, one of the ways you can do that is meditating on him and on his word. Read a verse and then close the book and just sit with it until it seeps into you. We're often faithful in loving God with our heart, with our soul, and even with our strength. We all need to grow in loving God with our mind. He's given us one, and he's asked us to love him with it. He's commanded us to love him with it. Two more, letter E, writing and journaling. Writing and journaling. It's one of the ways that you can love God with your mind. Work through and record your own thoughts and notes. I talked to you about this guy I know in Nashville who has this Bible with a blank page on every page, uh, on every passage, and he just filled up his own thoughts and his own notes. Grab a journal. Grab a $2 journal from, from the dollar store. Grab a $20 leather journal that just smells really good. Whatever you're, you're into for journaling, get a journal and record your thoughts and record your notes and maybe work your way through the book of Proverbs this summer or work your way through the Gospel of John or through the book of Romans or some other place in the Scriptures and just record your notes and your thoughts. Let me tell you something that's really awesome. Someday, your great-grandchildren will treasure that journal. And you may journal that during the summer, and you may find yourself in October going through a rough valley and going, I need to pull out that journal again to see what was true, that God showed me what was true about this book of the Bible, about who he is, about how I can trust him in my life. And I'm flipping back through my journal to see all those notes, and soon I'm encouraged. When you write out your thoughts on the scriptures, when you take time to journal about the scriptures, not just what you had for lunch today, but journaling and writing about God. Maybe God would raise up some Christian poets in this room to write poetically and to bring pithy collisions of words about God that someone could read them and just be swept up to worship. 
Maybe God's going to raise up writers of books. Maybe God's going to raise up writers of marriage enrichment or parenting enrichment or student encouragement kind of resources. Ponder God, marvel on God, and write in journal. It's one of the ways that you can love him with your mind. I encourage you to take sermon notes. I encourage you to take those and keep them in a specific place and visit them throughout the week. Visit them days later or months later. Write out some things and add your notes to them and circle some things. And maybe, maybe you've got a page and a half of sermon notes and there's one thing on there that you want to live with this week and you take that page and a half of sermon notes and you take that one thing and you put it on an index card and that goes um, on your, your steering wheel or on your bathroom mirror for this week. Take notes and then use those. Use your brain to love God. Maybe God's going to raise up some songwriters in this room. Some people who will take their love of God and a and marveling at the wonder of God and turn that into writing that helps all of us see him more clearly and love him more deeply. Writing and journaling is one of the ways that you can love God with your mind. So we've got five of those already. We've got, you can memorize scripture, you can study the Bible, you can read Christian books, you can meditate on scripture, you can do writing and journaling. And then we've got one last one, letter F, discuss with other believers. Discuss with other believers. This is when you share insights and you help each other find understanding. What I'm talking about here is you get some moments out in the lobby visiting with your friends. You go to lunch with somebody or breakfast with somebody or coffee with somebody or late night waffles with somebody and you're hanging out with them and you just ask the question, what has God been teaching you lately? And you're listening to how God's been teaching and showing and growing and shaping them. And you're processing it with your, with your mind. And oh, oh wow, that's cool. Oh wow, that applies to me. Oh, I needed to hear that. That's really, really good. Or you get together and you're talking and you're, you're going, hey, I was reading in this passage the other day and I was reading it said these words. What are your thoughts on this passage? And all of a sudden, you're both using your brains in partnership with the Holy Spirit to help each other understand God and his word and the way he has invited us to live. Discuss your thoughts. We need to have more of that. We need to have more of those moments where we're not just checking in with each other's schedules, but we're checking in with each other's spiritual formation. Because the way God grows you will help me grow. And the truth God shows you, he may want to use that to show me that same truth. The way God fills up your bucket and encourages your soul, he may want to use that in my world as well. So we need to get comfortable with each other going, hey, what's God been showing you lately? What's God been teaching you lately? And that's not a moment for you to impress with somebody with how deep you are or something like super secret nobody's ever seen before. That's not what that's about. That's a moment of saying, let's love God with our brains together. Love God with all of our mind. As you do this, it's an opportunity for you to 
share and engage and encourage and help each other. Add that to your fellowship. Add that to your hangouts. As we think about loving God with our mind and all of these things that are written on the screen here, um, this, these letters A through F today, please dismiss any thought that you already know enough. That's pride talking. Please dismiss any sense of inferiority or inadequacy that says, I'm not educated enough or smart enough. That is the enemy not at all wanting you to look deeply into the things of God because he knows you'll be satisfied there. And you'll stop trying to find your satisfaction in another person, stop trying to find your satisfaction in the things of the world as you delight yourself in the Lord. Don't have that thought, well, I'm not a reader. I don't like, I don't know if I can hold my attention. I don't know if I, just take the first baby step. You can do it. Let's do it together. We need students and we need thinkers and we need scholars at People of Hope Church. We need people who dig way below the surface so that we can stand with a sense of confidence and say, this is our conviction that this is what the Word of God says, this is how we view it, and we are unwavering in our following of God's Word. Because we haven't just been casually thinking about it, we have been studying it. We need thinkers here. We need scholars here. We need students of the Bible here. We need poets. We need writers of books and writers of songs. We need teenagers to stretch their minds with the things of God so that they can help disciple each other. We need adults to study and learn in order to teach their children. We all need to grow in this area of obedience to the greatest commandment. Amen? We need to learn to love God with our mind. A few years back, there was a group in went to Japan to one of the, the world's big supercomputers. I mean, these supercomputers can do phenomenal things and incredible numbers of calculations and processing things at, at just in unbelievable speeds. And they went to this supercomputer in Japan, and they um, it's called the K-Computer a few years ago, and they, what they said was, we want to try to program this supercomputer to simulate the human brain activity. Like, what's going on in the human brain? We're going to try to simulate that with this supercomputer. And here's what happened. It took the computer 40 minutes to crunch the data equivalent to just one second of your brain activity. One of the world's greatest supercomputers, it took it 40 minutes to crunch the data that's going on in just one second <laughs> of your brain activity. Stop the lie that says you're not smart enough. Stop the lie that says you can't learn. Stop the lie that says you already know it all. And lean in to the beautiful, wonderful, satisfying depths of God. And you will be more in love with Him. You'll be more confident in the way you live. You'll be better equipped to minister to other people you encounter. And you'll be able to drown out all the lies of the enemy 
truth of God. Love him with your amazing brain. God gave you one. He wants you to love him with it. So memorize and meditate and write and discuss and study and let's read for his glory and for our good. Would you pray with me? You bow your head and close your eyes this morning and would you thank God for your salvation in Jesus? Thank God for giving Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. Would you also thank God for giving you a mind, a mind to remember things, a mind to process colors, a mind to do the work in school and at your job. Thank God for this amazing mind he has given you. And now, in a humble moment, ask him to help you grow in loving him with your mind. So, Lord, stretch me, grow me, help me, lead me. I want to love you, not just with my heart, with my soul, with my strength, but I want to also love you with my mind. Maybe right where you're sitting, you want to make a commitment between you and the Lord. Maybe it's a commitment to meditate this week on the grace of God for 10 minutes. Maybe it's a commitment to memorize a verse or two of Scripture. Maybe it's a commitment to get one of these books and read it this summer. However God's leading you, you have that moment with Him and make those commitments to Him. Just between you and Him.